Hey, welcome back to another episode of Keeping It Simple. We are so glad that you can join us today for another episode. We are in the midst of our APES series. Today we are going to be on the S with the shepherd. Some people would refer to it as the pastor. And so today we have a guest, another guest from the Kansas City Underground. We love the KC Underground. They're some of our favorite people. Let's go. And so today we have Bree Weeby on the show with us today. Bree, say what's up to the people. Hey, what's up, people? (laughs) (laughs) We are so excited to have you join us today. So for our audience, they're familiar with the KC Underground, but they may not be familiar with you. So could you kind of share with us uh, what is your role in the KC Underground? How have you been connected? How long have you been ingrained in that community? And just kind of give us a brief overview. Yeah, yeah, sure. So um, my husband and I both grew up in the predominant model of church and um, attended a local church here in Kansas City for about 20 years. Uh, beautiful, beautiful group of people. Um, I was a small groups director there for about 10 of those years. So I've always been very ingrained in coaching, um, leadership, development, community, growth in community for people. That's just always kind of ran in my blood. So, um, but about 2010, which now seems like so long ago, but 2010 (laughs) um, was when God really started shifting my heart toward, and at that time it was specifically the ladies on my street and realizing that there was, there was no community. We'd all lived here for years and decades and there was no community. So we, um, just started to reach out to them slowly. God brought my husband on board. Then he's reaching out to the men on the street. And, um, it's, we just, we couldn't shake the faces of the people in our community. And that's just kind of a shift that he made in us. So what we realized is that there's so many people who don't know yet, that is how much Jesus loves them. They just don't know yet. And also compounding that is that they're not willing to grace the doors of a church building for for a million different reasons, and most of them very valid. And so uh, we just realized, man, if if they're not going to, if they're not going to go there to be able to hear, we have to bring the good news to them. And so we started doing that. Um, God just continued over the last, uh, gosh, 12 years now to draw us deeper and deeper into the stories and the lives of these people in our community. And so we just knew we needed to focus all of our energies there. And so we ended up um, leaving that local church. And I stepped down from my role as um, small groups director and joined in with the underground to help launch the underground. And so currently there, I am the coaching director for the underground. And so I'm able to still utilize those passions and, uh, and the gifting that continues to run through my blood of, of leadership development, people in community and, and coaching, coaching these folks. So I have a team uh, of coaches who are amazing shout out to them. And so what we do is, uh, yeah, we just walk alongside these missionaries in Kansas city and microchurch leaders, and we just provide them with encouragement, support, growth, you know, opportunities and, and whatever they need to be able to do, do what they're doing out in the community. So yeah, it's a little bit about me. That's awesome. Tell, before we get into like the, the more, you know, nuts and bolts of the shepherding stuff, tell us a little bit about like your first, uh, your, your faith journey. Um, 
did you come to know the Lord as a kid or did you come to know the Lord as an adult? Like, how did that happen? And then, you know, how did, how did you come to know Jesus? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, like I said, grew up in um, the church. And right. so I was introduced <clears throat> at a very early age to all things about God. And I'm a very uh, type A personality, a very checkboxy personality, which it has just like we'll talk about probably later with, with Shepherd and everything else has its pros and cons, right? Right. Mm. <laughs> um, uh, strengths and weaknesses. And so I, um, I definitely knew all the things I needed to know about God for about 20 years of my life, but I did not know him personally mm-hmm. until um, college. And so through uh, a series of events and some key women in my life, uh, God drew me closer and closer to him. And I started realizing, whoa, we, we kind of have all these similarities, me and these ladies, but there's something that they've got that I don't have. There's just something that they know that I don't know. I need to know what that is. And so he continued to draw me in. And it was just such a beautiful thing because um, I, I already had all the knowledge. And so then it then when I began my relationship with him in college, then that all that came to life, right? Um, there, then it was like, oh, that's why I read the Bible. That's why I pray. It's not just to check off a box. It is to engage with the almighty, right? Mm-hmm. With the creator of the universe. And, and he wants to, he wants to be with me. And so, so it was really cool because all of that knowledge that I had gathered, it didn't mean anything, right? Mm-hmm. Until Jesus came in the picture and then mm-hmm. boom, it all kind of came to life. Kind of like this road to Emmaus moment almost. Ooh. It sounds like, like yeah. some cool stuff happening. So man, we're so glad that you had that moment that you had that, you know, encounter with the Lord and that the Lord is using you mightily, you know, having seen you and kind of in your, in your element in KC, it's just amazing just what you guys are doing. And one of the things that we are learning and have learned um, is, is this thing about APEST, right? And um, thing about voice order. And we think we talk about diff- these different things, but today we want to focus on you being, and, and kind of just doing the role of a shepherd. Um, I'm going to read out of Ephesians chapter 4, 11, 12, kind of to anchor our time, um, and then talk to us a little bit about what it looks like to be a shepherd and and how you came to know that that that's uh, how Jesus had shaped you. So uh, Paul writes, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the, the teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry for building up the body of Christ. So in, in your words, Talk to us, you know, what does it mean to be a shepherd? Um, and how'd you come to know about uh, that, that? That's how God had shaped you. Right. You know, I think for so long, I was just thinking about this. I knew about spiritual gifts, um, but to me, this, this is more, this is different, right? It's a different set. So I knew about hospitality, wisdom, discernment, uh, you know, that list of them. But I never really got introduced to this APEST list. I don't know why. I'm like, I'm sure I read Ephesians, you know, <laughs> but uh, until it was when I was on staff at the local church and we were um, digging into that. And I'm like, wow, this is this is beautiful because this is the this is the picture of what he says, like this is all the people and this, you know, and, and Jesus is the ultimate example of all five. 
that's what's so beautiful is he, he is like 100% all five of these, right. But we all have our primary. So being a shepherd, what what I'll tell you is that I, I will tell you how it plays out in my life and observations people have made about me. But I always like to remind people that we're, we're all uniquely made. So you can line up 10 shepherds and they're all different. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Even though you've got, um, that top gifting or that primary gifting, if you will, of shepherd, they're going to manifest in different ways. Yeah, and yeah. so, so I just tell people like, keep that in mind. Like so in your life, do, in your uh-huh. life, what are the ways that it manifests? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I can't stop thinking about people <laughs> most of the time. Right. <clears throat> um, I'm always thinking like how, how, how is this going to affect other people? Was everyone included that should have been, did we leave anybody out? How's this going to work for them? So that's just kind of where my brain goes as a shepherd. Um, prayer requests and 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 I would say like life event follow up are really big for me. Like birthdays, anniversaries. Like I try to remember all those things for people because those are important things. Like people's names, people's names are important, right? And so I always try to remember all those little details about people because I want them to know that they're important and that they're loved and cared for. Um, personal, I would say like a personally developing people. So many times, here's a little example that like people will say to me, I would say, how are you doing? And they'll say, okay, well, how's your marriage? It's okay. Well, how, how's, how's work? It's okay. And I'm just thinking to myself, whoa, like we serve a big God and there's so much more than okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so how can I help you develop and take next steps to get to more than okay. So just wanting to see people thrive. Um, and then I was asking like my husband and a couple of friends and, and the way they, they said that they see shepherd come out in me is pouring into people, giving my time, uh, making sure everybody's taken care of and, and involved and, and just walking alongside people when things are hard listening to people, asking questions, giving support, that kind of stuff. Mm. I mean, it sounds like, you know, you know, when we think of a shepherd, there's a flock that comes with a shepherd. Like you don't have a shepherd without a flock and you can't really have a flock without a shepherd. Like they go hand in hand. And it sounds like for you, that's like caring for people in your, in your context, in your neighborhood. You mentioned towards the beginning of the podcast, um, caring for the women on your street. And that was like a way that the shepherd gift manifested, whether you fully understood or not, you were caring for them with those women. And now with the underground, now you're, you're all concerned with people still. But when it comes to the gift of a shepherd, what does being a shepherd or, or having that as your primary gifting, what does that look like in a leadership team or in, in your immediate community? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so you're referring to in, in our community where like we live or at, at the underground? Both. 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 Sure. Um, a lot of what I just described, I would say this is, this is not at all a, a haughty statement. It's what one thing that I've been told is that, uh, they, I remind people of glue. is what they say. So kind of holding people together or relationships together, making sure people are connected and, and making sure no one's floating away. 
that's one way that it's kind of been described to me that it's been observed. So in my neighborhood, it's super important for me to know what's going on in people's lives. Not so I can just know like all the, all the juicy Mm -hmm. details, but to be able to serve them and see what they need and connect them with other people who might be able to, to help them out. Um, things like that. Um, as far as uh, my role in the underground as a coaching director, uh, or just playing a role on the leadership team there, I would say having a listening ear and genuinely caring about what other people on my team are, are doing. And, and please hear me say that it is not that nobody else on the team is doing this. <laughs> please hear me say that, but that's just where my brain goes first as a shepherd all the time. Um, I think another big thing about shepherds is shepherds oftentimes pursue wholeness. Like we want to see, we want to see relational wholeness. We want to see financial wholeness. We want to see things in the best state they can be. And I think that that is, um, that kind of comes along with the shepherd and, and wanting to see people stay together and come together and communicate well and, and know that people care about them is that wholeness aspect. So it sounds like, uh, Bree, the gift that you offer to the community and to a leadership team is care, right? Like, it sounds like a, a big part of that is care and a big part of that is connection. And a big part of that is like, um, uh, thinking about how decisions and just life affects people on a personal basis. Right. So that's what I'm hearing you say. So maybe I'm not hearing correctly, but if, but that's what I'm hearing you saying. It's like, Hey, somebody needs to care about the people and how the decisions that we make and how, you know, life, you know, has an impact on them holistically. Yeah. Yep. I would say that's good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so when you think, so that's the gift that a shepherd or in your case, you know, Brie brings to a team, to a neighborhood, to a network of relationships. So, but what are the challenges maybe that you found as a shepherd type, um, whether that's personal challenges uh, or whether that's challenges in the context of a team, like, hey, th- th- this is the shadow side maybe of being a shepherd. Yeah, absolutely. And every, every one has a shadow side, every right. yeah. <laughs> apex, every, everything has a shadow side. So Yeah, this is something very interesting for uh, my husband and I personally. So he is also a shepherd. Mm, So so we, right? So we've got two shepherds for their top primary gifting as far as APEST goes. And the thing. Immediately, I want to cut you off and say, are you caring for yourself? But I'm I'm going to put that one on the back burner. But go ahead. So you have two, two shepherd types. Yep, absolutely. So. The thing that uh, we have realized in ministry together as a couple, specifically in our neighborhood, um, and also was kind of called out for us by another leader in the underground was, hey, shepherds are so good about making people feel welcome and loved and comfortable and people they're listened to and they're heard. And so we are so good at that. And, and people tell us that, and we love doing it, right? If it's your gifting and your passion, you, you like doing it, but here's the deal. <laughs> we get stuck in that, um, that comfortability as shepherds. We're like, oh man, everybody loves to come here and we love having them here and we don't want them to leave. Why would we want them to leave? 
We love these people. This is the best. Let's stay here forever. You know, and then you're, you're not thinking apostolically. We're not thinking multiplication. We're not thinking the next generation because our brains primarily first go to loving the people, right? And that is not a bad thing. However, that is a prime example why all five voices in APEST are needed, right? Um, that's the first thing. So shepherds can get really comfortable <laughs> where they are and uh, then nobody wants to leave. So that's kind of the first thing. Um, and then the second thing I would highlight from what I said is uh, multiplication may never happen. If you just have a bunch of shepherds sitting around or if you're a leader or your primary voice is a shepherd, then it's going to be, it's going to be more difficult to think about uh, multiplication and thinking apostolically. So that's ministry wise. One thing I I would say personally is you have to be careful as a shepherd because you can really start to carry the weight of everyone else's stuff because so many people come to shepherds because they feel comfortable coming. They feel heard and loved and validated and cared for. And those are great things, but you have to be careful as a shepherd to not just carry that weight everywhere you go because it can get really heavy. Sitting right there for just a second, like I think what you're saying of carrying the weight of other people and being aware of that is really important. But like practically speaking, for those shepherds out there who are listening or people who are like going through our series here and trying to maybe learn more and discover uh, about their giftings or people close to them, practically, how do you um, counter that? the desire or, you know, bearing the weight of everyone, how do you care for yourself? And how do you, like, I still care for everyone else, but I also, I can't bear that burden all by myself. And you do need a team and others, but like, how do you counter that? How do you care for yourself in the midst of trying to care for so many other people? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I'm thinking first off that you have to have I'll get to soul care kind of in a minute, right? Taking care of your own soul. But first, I think you have to have somewhere that you can go to talk to. So oftentimes shepherds just start taking it all in. It gets super heavy and then you're just sitting in it, but you have to have somewhere to go to. So um, my husband is a great place where I can go and maybe not share all the names or details, but just be able to just talk about what I heard that day and what is, yeah, process and what's so heavy from that day and so forth. So you have to have somewhere where you can go to vent, uh, if you will, um, but appropriately, right? So one thing I was thinking also is um, a healthy shepherd does not gossip, Mm -hmm. but it can be very, that tendency can be there because shepherds, people tell you things when you're shepherds. That's true. Cause you love them and you listen to them and you take it on. So you have to be careful anyways, not to gossip, but appropriate place to vent and, and doing that in a way that where you don't have to carry it all. Right. <clears throat> I think that prayer, I think probably, you know, I'm just thinking about this. Like, that's why prayer is so important to me because that's how I kind of offload it right to God. So I have people come and tell me stuff and we will pray in the moment. Like very rarely do I ever leave talking with someone where we don't pray in the moment, 
but also following up with that, it's still heavy. It may not be totally gone. So I think that's why prayer is so important is Mm. talking to God about it, giving it to him, laying it down at his feet, right? Right. And continuing to pray for that person and know that I can't fix them. I can't uh, give them everything they need. I can't make them take their next steps. So I'm gonna lay this down at the feet of the one who can, you know? So that's really good. Um, and then as far as soul care, that's just, man, you gotta, you gotta be, you gotta be in the word every day, every day you have to be in the word. And this is for everybody. So I don't care what apest gifting you lean toward, um, that soul care piece of being in the word every day, spending time with him. And, um, recently for me, while processing, uh, is very important and verbally also sitting in the stillness and just being still and being quiet with Jesus and just doing listening prayer and practicing contemplative prayer. That is also been very good because that centers me. And that brings me back to that place of Shalom and to that place of peace and calm, where even though somebody just downloaded intense amounts of heaviness on me. I don't have to sit in that, right? I can take it, put it at his feet and then regain my shalom space that only he can give by spending time with him. So good, Bree. You just said a lot, a lot of good stuff going back to uh, having someone to process with and um, making sure that we're not gossiping, right? If you're in, you're in S type, and that goes again, like you just said, to every APES type. Gossip is not, you know, like that's not a thing. Yeah. For me, I mean, like just kind of piggybacking off that, like, you know, I've been in traditional ministry. I was in traditional ministry for like 13 years, you know, and people just assume that if they tell you something that you're obviously going to tell your spouse, that's never been the case for us. And people and and people get mad, like sometimes that, that I didn't tell my wife something, you know, in the traditional church context, um, because I learned early on from one of our uh, professors over at NIAC. He's like, you know what? Most of the things, unless people give me permission to share, like I'm not going to share them. And and it's good practice, obviously, to not name names, right? Uh, But it's like, but most of the stuff I had never shared with Melissa, and people just assume that I did, you know, and and I and I and I didn't. Particularly stuff when when it relates to conflict, and that's you know, and Ron would say, hey, conflict stuff. I usually just keep it between my board and I and my wife because eventually sometimes you get to the point of reconciliation with, with the person or with the family. Um, but your wife never sees that your spouse never sees that. And they just can end up getting bitter or, you know, having a place of like resentment towards the ministry or something like that. But that, that, that's, that's why, but I'm glad that both of you have each other as shepherd types. I mean, there's something there. Um, that that the lord has done that for melissa and i i mean she's she's a high a too so in our case we're high adventure people always looking for the next thing you know so we get it and so like we kind of get each other so we're not as somebody once said um if you want to know who you're called to be with um run in god's direction as fast as you possibly can and if you look to your right or, or or left and that person is still there then that's probably the one that God's called you. And so from the very beginning, Melissa and I just kind of ran hard in the direction of Jesus. Um, and she was still there, <laughs> you know, she was still there and, and, and we we're still um, going hard after Jesus. So, so Brie, 
the goal, right, of understanding the APEST um, is to to know your role in the context of a team, um, and 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 to kind of just play your position. You know, obviously, we all have a little bit of each one of the things, but one of them are are higher than than others. You you've mentioned some of these already, kind of in passing, but specifically. You talk about the pers- the perspective. The perspective of a shepherd is different than the perspective of the other members of the APEST. Why? <clears throat> because <laughs> I had a team member say this to me once. They said, I think we, or they said it maybe in a meeting or something. I think we need to ask Bree because she's going to remind us that people are actually involved in this situation. Mm-hmm. and that uh it can be true when you're i'm going to give an example of a a high apostle maybe you're you're so amazing at thinking ahead and thinking out front and thinking forwards and taking steps and getting out there that sometimes you can forget people are involved in this like whoa 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 so we had this great meeting uh one time where there were so many apostolic things coming out which side note asterisk by the way apostles please know that when you start doing your thing shepherds are so thankful for you because we don't think that way but we are also our brains are blowing up like at that moment we just can't even we can't out stressing everybody out (laughs) and that's and that's why you need the whole team right gosh we need apostles or we would go nowhere right (laughs) we would get so comfortable but we, I think that maybe shepherds help people remember, help help remember that people are involved, right? And think through how is this going to affect people. Um, I think also we help remind people that stories are important. So not only the people in that situation, but their stories and how they're relating to what's happening and thinking about how it's all connected and maybe what the story could be going forward with that person think that's an important thing. We remind people that I was talking earlier about the wholeness aspect. So remember that um, we want to encourage people around us to pursue that, that wholeness. You know, we have to think, we have to stretch ourselves shepherds to think apostolically and to ask God to speak to us prophetically and, you know, go through, but um, that's, that's the wholeness that we're looking for on the, on the team. And then one last thing I was thinking was that oftentimes people, I would say a lot of time people are hiding behind their false self and their real self is somewhere deep in there, but they're not ready to put that out there. Right. So we've got this false wall or this mask up. And one thing that a lot of shepherds that I interact with do really well is they're able to ask those questions to get behind to the next layer of that person and say, okay. And most of the time shepherds can do this with love, right? So they're like, they'll say something hard to you, but, but you know, they still love you, but they're asking like, Hey man, I know this is not you right now. I know this is not, there's a mask on like, what's going on. Tell me what's going on behind there. And so uh, most shepherds that I know are are good at doing that, like calling out that false self 
and helping mm. them realize, man, there's something going on deeper here. Let's figure it out. Mm. I love that. Um, a book that w- Luis and I have, have read, uh, Abba's Child by Brendan Manning refers to that as the imposter. The imposter. Um, I think that's another helpful language for that. And that's really good. And, and as Luis was saying, like, ultimately, we want to see every aspect of the apest represented in a team and like specifically in a, a pastoral or ministry context like we want the full representation obviously jesus is the full representation in one person but in the rest of us who are broken human people that need jesus we want to see that representation so as a shepherd who cares deeply for people how do you handle conflict in like that apostolic or the, the apes team, how does the shepherd deal with conflict when there is disagreement that arises or there's critique or one perspective might be um, emphasized more than the shepherd's comfortable with? How does the shepherd deal with like that conflict as they care for people and, and you know, the people matter, even the people in that team? Yes. I will tell you about myself and maybe a couple of other shepherds that I know real well, but again, all shepherds are different even. So shepherds will typically be the last one to speak in a situation like that. Sometimes they won't speak at all if they're not called upon. (laughs) And I think that that could be, it's going to be different reasons that could be to avoid conflict could be that. For me, I I am not a conflict avoider, but so for me, it's a little different. One reason is because I'm still processing the whole thing, right? And I'm still hearing that whole topic or hearing the whole story, whatever it was. And I want to think through that before I speak. I don't want to just say something (laughs) because I want to make sure that my response doesn't hurt or offend anyone. And that's, so that's a really hard thing because when you start talking about voice order, have you guys talked at all about a pest voice order? Yeah. We, uh, at the end of this series, we'll have an episode with Brian on the voice order, but you, but talk you, to us a little bit you about can re- Give yeah. a sneak, sneak, sneak preview. Sneak preview <clears throat> is that there is an order, a recommended order. Now, this is not necess- this is not biblical like there's not a bible verse that says this is the order right but there's a recommended order for which a pest gifting should speak in a setting in a meeting setting a group setting a um, team setting and um it it really makes sense when the casey underground leadership team started utilizing voice order it just changed the whole way we do our meetings but here's the deal shepherds have to go first. And I don't love it because of what I just said. Like I'm still processing. I don't want to offend anyone. I don't want to hurt anybody. And I like to hear others responses first so that I can weigh everything. And before I make my response, now that's my preference, right? (laughs) But in voice order, Shepherds go first because they're oftentimes the last ones to speak or they don't speak at all. And what shepherds bring into that conversation in voice order is they remind you first 
that there are people involved. Yeah. They remind you that we have to, before we start throwing out all these ideas and things, we have to remember, we have to care for people first in this conversation, yeah. people first yeah. conversation next. Right. Yeah. Um, so um, I believe that the order for um, a pest is uh, shepherd prophet teacher evangelist apostle i believe that's what it is that's coming off the top of my head there so it's very interesting when you start putting those in that recommended order how your meetings will shift because typically who goes first the apostle a types that's right because yeah. they're always thinking ahead so sneak peek into voice order there you go and we're also a lot of times the loudest person in the room. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> and then there's that. Yes. So, hey, Brie. So, man, it's it's been such a good conversation with you, Brie. Um, I, I, I want to talk about, as we kind of start to land the plane here, you know, people are discerning. You know, we're, we're hoping that people that are listening to this conversation are people that are like, hey, you know, maybe, maybe I am a shepherd type or maybe I am a, you know, a T type or, you know. What would you say to someone that's still trying to discern, uh, you know, how the Lord has has wired them? And uh, what may, maybe what would you say, like, if if this is something that you're always thinking about, you're probably an S type. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you are, if you are always thinking about the people, if it. you're always thinking yeah. about care, yeah. and are they okay? And what might they need? And how can I help? If that's your first line of thought, you're probably a shepherd. All the other types, they think about that, right? We're not insensitive people if we're not a shepherd. <laughs> Everybody's thinking about, it's just that shepherds go there first. It's their primary. Excellent. Yeah, man. Thanks so much for taking the time to have this conversation with us. And we want this to be a conversation that people can come back to, to maybe uh, rediscover things about the shepherd type. As we begin to wrap up here, uh, do you have any closing words for our, our audience? You know, as they're listening to the APEST series, or they may come back to this, closing words that you have or thoughts on the APEST? And then how can our audience stay connected with you or your work? Yeah, sure. Um, so. So the Bible makes it clear in Ephesians that there are five, right? There's all five. Mm. So I think if I had any closing words, it would be uh, ask God for your five, right? Whatever you are, or your four, I guess. <laughs> so just make sure that all voices are represented on your team. And if you have a team that's more than five, which you probably do, then what you need to do is make sh- make sure that you know the balance of the voices on your team. You have a team of 20 and 10 of them are shepherds. That's going to sway it, right? That's mm-hmm. going to make it lean one way or another. If you've got a team of 20 and you've got half of them are evangelists, totally different. And you have one shepherd on the team and one apostle. I mean, that's going to be um, swaying your team to think in different ways. So it's important to ask God for the voices that you are not right? You need to have that balance in your life and in your team. And then it's also wise to know the balance of what's on your team and know 
know more of the apex than just yourself. Good. Because mm-hmm. if you just know yourself, that's that's good. You need to start there, right? But you need to know what your other teammates are. And you need to know even, oh, so even in your family, your biological family, mm-hmm. find out what your husband or wife, your kids, your mom and dad, like find out what they are because that's going to give you insight into how they interact in the world, how they think first. Um, if they're a shepherd and they're thinking about people first, that's going to make sense to you probably as you look back at uh, how they have interacted with you throughout life. Yeah. So yeah. whether you're talking about your um, your biological family, your extended spiritual family, whoever it is, just know yours, know theirs and help them discover theirs too because it's just going to make things better. You're going to be able to relate better to each other and you're going to be able to go further for the kingdom if you know who you're working with, right? And so, Bree, uh, it's been an amazing conversation. Um, Tell us how people can stay connected to your guys' work at the KC Underground. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So kcunderground.org is a great place to go. It's the letters KC underground. And then my email address is Brianna at kcunderground.org. So B-R-E-A-N-N-A at kcunderground.org. Love to chat with you. Man, Bri, much love to you. Love the work that you guys are doing. Um, More blessing uh, to you guys, more anointing, more power, more territory. Man, we're just so indebted to the work of um, the KC Underground and your guys' fingerprints are all over the things that we're doing up here in the greater Seattle area. So, man, we love you guys. Big brothers in the faith over there. Big sisters in the faith over there. Um, Man, we want to be like you when we grow up. So thanks for being on Keeping It Simple. Uh, Much love to you. Peace. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Keeping It Simple, where we talk about life and mission in ways that are easy to understand. Stay tuned as we release episodes each Wednesday. We'd appreciate it if you would like, review, share, and subscribe our podcast. Thank you for listening.